I'm the eavesdropping Nana. Well, hello, Michelle. Hello, Geordie. What's up? Oh, (laughs) I asked first. I know I always give away the report. Sun's coming out. That's what I'm going to say. That's great. Sun's coming out. Well, ours was out, then it went back in again. But who cares about the weather when you're sitting there resplendent in your terry towelling robe? I told you, I feel like it's just a piece of clothing now. <laughs> it is just a comfortable, not. noiseless. Don't get too comfy. Well, instead of popping on a jumper, which is a little scratchy, I've got the chenille. I love it. Do you look at your partner of an evening and say, should we get our robes on? I do. And do you know what? I actually <laughs> think we could have eavesdropping robes. I got the merch ideas ready oh, to roll. Okay. You can have an eavesdrop and roll. Pick up your panties and go on the back. Embroidered. <laughs> Who would buy that? Everyone would buy that. Quick poll listeners. <laughs> Who would purchase a pick up your panties and go terry towelling robe from eavesdropping, <laughs> the merch shop? Or it could say real life true crime supernatural. Well, we could have two. His and hers, perhaps, I'm not being sexist here, Michelle, if I'm saying this, but I'm not trying to be sexist, but perhaps the gentleman would prefer real life true crime supernatural, whereas the ladies wouldn't mind having pick up your panties and go written on the back. Or maybe they'd like just murder, murder, murder. How do you spell that though? Murder. M-E-E-E-E-R-R-R-R-D-E-R-D-A-H. Murder. Murder. Or maybe we could just have... Shart art. Shart art. (laughs) (laughs) Underpants that say shart art. (laughs) Or in little writing saying, you're getting a shart art. Cross the arse. (laughs) Tawny. So tasteful. (laughs) That's what you get on Eastrop. Well, do you know, we are blue sky thinking here, Michelle, you and I. If anyone else has any ideas, do write in. Perhaps we could do a stationary set with do write in on it, but no one fucking writes anything anyway. They don't even pick up their keyboards and tap, tap, tap. Come on, guys. We've had a few messages from the odd eavesdropper, but people that you hear about week in, week out. So give someone else a turn. Who else wants to comment? We're happy to hear them as long as they're not negative because we get upset. And if you've got stories, come on, guys, share. Stop being so selfish. Share. Stop that. Also, Michelle, what we've neglected to do here is introduce ourselves to those who aren't regular eavesdroppers. I'm Geordie. And I'm Michelle. You are an eavesdropper. You're listening in. Good on you. Well done to you. You get a clap on the back. A clap on the back. You get a shart art pair of pants free in the post. No, you don't. <laughs> They're not real. They don't exist yet, but they can. I would wear a shart art I would. (laughs) They could be those nice boy pants that we used to love wearing in the 90s. Do you remember the ones with two different coloured, they looked like Y-fronts for girls. Oh. Do you remember them? You loved them. And they'd have some sort of logo. I thought you meant the boy leg ones. They look like a pair of Y-fronts, but they don't have the Y, obviously. Yes. Boy leg without the Y. Yeah. Okay. I don't like them anymore. The only pants I wear these days, really, are a pant that has no seams, the seamless pant. I thought you were going to say crotchless. Oh, my God. And I wouldn't be surprised. This is a family show. No, it's not. I don't wear a crotchless pant. I don't see the point. You need something to soak up the juices. A gusset. The oh, gusset. God. <laughs> Michelle, what juices? Juices. You know, it's so funny that we're talking about all this right now because this week's episode, and it's kind of because Michelle's always sitting before me in a robe. She looks like she's just walked out of a spa. I do. It's my life. This week we're talking about wellness, everybody. Wellness trends. We are. Unusual wellness trends. Mm. It's all about wellness this week and I've got some stuff. That's great. I look forward to hearing your stuff. But before we do, I'd like to tell you about my stuff. I started looking into wellness trends because my only source of wellness information, apart from you, Michelle, (laughs) because you used to be the go-to girl for all that stuff. If you wanted to know what the latest trend was, go to Michelle. She worked in beauty magazines, you see, fashion and beauty. So you'd always know, wouldn't you, Michelle, about the plasma facials and the... The micro-needling and all that stuff. Long before it was a thing. Yes. Now that I don't work in magazines, I have lost touch a little bit with the with the vampire facial stuff that's going on. That's you a know. good name. Yeah. It sounds like you've got some, some stuff. 
to share? Well, there's nothing to do with facials, unfortunately. But I went to TikTok. I looked into TikTok trends because I feel like that's where you go. It's a really strange environment, TikTok, and I can't quite get my head around it. And I'm wondering also, has it already gone the way of Twitter, which is kind of, you know, obsolete and for a certain generation, not the latest generation? I mean, what would that be? Generation, what's the next one after us? Zed. Generation TikTok. It's just TT, TikTok generation. The TikTok generation. Yeah, Yeah, they're probably thinking, oh, God, it's only for millennials are the only ones who use TikTok. And Generation X are the only ones who used Facebook or emojis when they send texts apparently that's a real indicator of an old star emoji is using emojis i quite like an emoji i can't stop (laughs) i'm obsessed i don't have time to say yes that sounds great i just send you a thumb like it's easy yeah or when i do type something out i always need to kind of punctuate it with either the grimace face or the laughing face just in case an exclamation mark gives the wrong impression like i'm shouting or i'm abrupt who told you that Emojis are obsolete. It's the younger generation telling me, younger people, you know. So what does what do your kids use if they don't use emojis? I don't know. Nothing. IDK. <laughs> they use abbreviations. Oh, for God's sake. That's because they don't know how to fucking spell. And they don't care about conveying emotion during or grammar or conveying emotion during a text message. It's very functional. Don't like it. Don't like that. But going back to what I was saying about TikTok, yeah, it's a weird old place. The sort of trends, I sometimes go on there. We do post our videos on there. I thought they'd be amazing. They'd go down like a house on fire. But really what they love there are little meme things like something called the lonely dance, which is the current trend for May 2023, where there's clips of people dancing on their own to a song. I don't know what the song is, Mm -hmm. but it's about being lonely. And that's overdubbed. And it's the same song for each clip of each TikTok user is using. Like they'll just isolate a clip of somebody dancing on their own and use this lonely dance thing. I just don't get it. It doesn't make me laugh. Well, Pavement, that amazing 90s band that I love, they've had a revival because someone went through their dad's record collection, found this song, and now they've done a dance and it's gone absolutely viral. And now people have heard about Pavement. So, Oh, that's... Good for their career. That's why they're touring again. Yeah, exactly. Really, TikTok revival. There's also things like people, you know, miming clips of their favourite comedy shows and putting them in different situations. I mean, I just don't get it. But did you ever hear about the blackout? Now, this is not wellness. It's the blackout challenge. It was really very popular around 2021, and it was thought to be responsible for 12-year-old Archie Battersby's catastrophic brain injury, which saw him ultimately die of that after his life support machines, which had kept him alive for about five months or so, were withdrawn. And uh, his mother was completely convinced that it was to do with this blackout challenge, which was being heralded on TikTok. Courts since then, at an inquest... We did talk about this. We have spoken about it before, yeah. On this very podcast. They couldn't prove that it was linked to that blackout challenge. But Mm. apparently... This blackout challenge, which has been spreading through TikTok, is responsible for more than 80 deaths right back to when it first emerged in 2008. And it's based around a choking game where you'd restrict your breathing until you pass out due to a a lack of oxygen. But medical experts say that this will result in the same damage caused as if you were drowning, choking or having a heart attack. So who the fuck would do that to themselves? Obviously, it's mostly children. Yeah. Kids who don't know any better. Yeah, exactly. So low oxygen to the brain for over three minutes will result in brain damage. And if it's for more than five minutes, it can result in death. This stuff needs to be out there for these young'uns. They need to know that. Yeah. But wait till you hear this, Michelle. This is another thing I found on the TikTok. This user called Mickey Gallagher filmed herself for the social media platforms. And I'm thinking primarily TikTok here. Removing her own Mirena coil. I've got one of those. I would never dream of removing it myself. Even when I had had it removed in the past and reinserted, sorry, listeners, it happened. It hurt. It's fucking terrible. So why on earth would you do that to yourself? Honestly, people <laughs> are getting more extreme with this shit for views. She filmed it, reaching around up, up inside of her. Two million views she got, more than 64 million tags linked to videos of other women trying to DIY it themselves. Oh, my God. Honestly, this is 
actually terrifying. You need a doctor to be able to remove that in a safe and medically appropriate way. That is not I, I right. agree. I absolutely agree because if you try and do it at home, you can risk... Rupture something. Rupturing, severe pain, bleeding, or even a uterine prolapse. And that's something that nobody wants. That's when you do need... It's awful. Oh, people. Crotched underpants. Go to the fucking doctor and just get that shit taken out. Don't do it yourself. I've got one more. Forgive me because it's not wellness, Michelle, but obviously I went down a rabbit hole here. Scalp popping. Have you heard of that one? what the hell? Well... (laughs) <laughs> oh, I can't even imagine. Ah! What is it? What? I'm going to try and describe it as best as I can. People yank their hair really fast and really quickly to make a popping sound when the scalp kind of gets separated from the skull. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's videos of these girls wrapping their hair around in twisty, turny kind of things and then pulling really hard. And then they both look really surprised when they hear a pop. Well, that's a suction, isn't it? Yuck. Do you know what? The more you do that, you, the more you're going to do it because you're brain affected. That's what's happening right now. <laughs> Seriously. You sound like Nana. Oh, my. I do sound like Nana. I am. <laughs> I'm the eavesdropping Nana. If you keep pulling those faces, the wind will change and you'll stay like it. Yeah. That's what I was told. If you eat those crusts on your bread, your hair will go curly. No one ate their yeah. fucking crust. That is really terrifying. I wonder if there's actually any medical evidence that that's damaging to you and also too they're going to regret that they're going to get saggy face i just wouldn't they're going to get it's going to have a knock-on effect when they're over 40 they're going to go why have i got really saggy baggy face because you did scalp popping mate you want it sucked up you don't want it exactly idiots don't do those kind of things to yourself think about the future you i wish i'd thought of that when i used to do you know that cross eye thing that i do where i can move one or eye around like i can rotate one eye while the other one's looking in i've seen you do one cross eye in. i haven't seen the rotation well i used to be able to rotate one eye and look in and took a lot of practice and now i'm really good at it but unfortunately i've got one eye that just looks like it's hanging there I think. No. What are you talking about? You don't. <laughs> One eye looks slightly affected. Oh my God. I think I've overstretched the muscles and it's just loose in the wind. No. Possibly. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Michelle, I'm going to move on Please. to the actual wellness trends, which is what we're supposed to be talking about today. Now, I've gone very much down the route of the vagina, Michelle. Great. I'm all up in that. <laughs> well, there's a couple of trends to do with the vag. You don't even have to go to Gwyneth and her goop site to find out about this one, vabbing. I bet she's tried it. Vabbing, a.k.a. vaginal dabbing, which is basically like perfuming yourself with your own vaginal fluids. Just dab it behind your ears, on your wrist, when you're ready for a night out. Now, get the boys all excited. I have heard about this. And, you know, I think this could be something for single people. If they want to get those yeah. pheromones going. However, well, if you pop that behind your ear, is that going to get yeah. crusty? Oh, you'd hope not, wouldn't you? Oh, God, Michelle. <laughs> I'm just saying because when it dries, is that going to leave a little crust? Or a little snail trail kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. And is that sexy? I don't know. Maybe. Depends on what kind of date you're on. I just think buy some fucking perfume. Buy some fucking You don't need perfume. to go vag, vag, dab, dab, dob, dob, done. Well, I'll tell you what I know about it. Like you just mentioned pheromones, it's said to be a direct hit of pheromones to make your potential love interest go crazy. And it was first brought to social media's uh, attention by TikToker Mandy Lee, who got everybody in a twist about it and they were all trying it. And then they're all sharing their stories on about how men would buy them flowers and gifts and all sorts of dedications of love, which resulted on a night out with dabbed all dabbed up or vabbed up but research shows that despite the importance of pheromones in the animal world in attracting a mate it doesn't actually work like that michelle in human beings thank god but the lovely sex expert tracy cox who you may or may not know of because you worked in magazines she was all over the mags more magazine and all those things back in the 80s 90s 2000s She believes that the psychological boost, because she's written about this in some books of her. She's known about this for a long old time. She's Mm -hmm. predating TikTok. She says that the psychological boost that it can give you will basically cause people to fall at your feet with the same results as it being pheromones. You might believe it's pheromones. It's not. It's because you've gone out, you've committed to putting this vabbing all over you. You've gone out all super sexy thinking, I'm going to get a mate tonight or whatever it is you think. I don't know if that's actually the words that you'd use. And 
you become really kind of elevated in your levels of confidence and that will encourage you to make more eye contact and exude sexuality and it'll essentially have the desired effect that you're after. It's a placebo. So it's a fake it till you make it. Placebo, exactly. I wanted to say placenta. It's a placebo. It's a, <laughs> we're, we're very much in our groin areas today in the v today yeah Yeah. okay i can believe that i can believe it's a a placebo effect because you put it on you're feeling all sexy like i'm gonna pull you're gonna pull yeah you got the attitude if you think you will you will and nobody needs to really put a bit of v juice anywhere (laughs) other than down on the v that's how it goes really (laughs) that's where it belongs belongs. all right nana (laughs) but would you steam it michelle v steaming otherwise known as yoni steaming would you do that have you heard about that absolutely fucking no chance would I steam because a steam's not meant to go up there b you can give yourself a steam burn come on yes would you steam yes well no I wouldn't but Chrissy Teigen who's the wife of John Legend and a social media star took to Instagram with a picture of herself squatting over some kind of contraption with a blanket draped over her knees and a little caption that indicated that she was v-steaming and of course Gwyneth has banged on about it as well she likes it too Let me tell you what it involves. You sit bare-bummed on a chair with a hole in the middle over a bowl with steaming hot water infused with a blend of herbs, and that could be anything from chamomile, basil, oregano, to mugwort, which is Gwyneth's favourite, or wormwood, which is what they put in absinthe. Makes you go slightly mad. It lasts between 20 minutes to an hour. Sitting on a steam bath for an hour, Michelle, I'd have to stop for wee breaks. That's a heavy sigh. I'm not loving this. No, I'm not loving it. So it's said to ease things like menstrual symptoms, stress, digestive issues, <laughs> depression, hemorrhoids, Michelle. I think it could give you a freaking hemorrhoid. Is <laughs> also said to boost fertility and heal down there after childbirth. I doubt it. I'm sorry. I have to call bullshit on this. This just sounds like a crock of crap. Well, to be honest, there are all those health risks which you've highlighted Very easy to make a a little boo-boo and end up with a third-degree burn and skin grafting down there. And that's the last thing you really want. And also, some herbs can cause miscarriage. So I'd definitely avoid that if I was pregnant. There's overheating. There's the potential for an overgrowth of bacteria, which then causes the dreaded yeast infections. It's just not worth it. And also, why do you need to steam it? It's already self-cleaning down there. If you've got the right balance of pH levels keeping your bacteria at bay, then you don't need to do that. I love it. It sounds like one of those self-cleaning ovens, you know, it just does it itself. (laughs) But I kind of agree because, you know, it's a very delicate balance down there. Even putting a penis in there can... can You mustn't do it. Don't do that. It's really bad for you. (laughs) I don't know if anyone's told you, but that's the worst thing you can do. (laughs) A little penis, a little finger in there. It can all upset the pH. Now, I'm all for a penis in there. It's all good. (laughs) You are like my nana this time. Never put anything in there is what she would advocate. (laughs) I just said I'm all for a penis in there. I think it's a good... Oh, you're up for it. Those are words I'd never heard my nana say. No, nana's nana's (laughs) not going to say yay to that. But I do think, like it is a delicate environment... Steam. That's not natural. Cave people didn't put a steamer up there. Well, they'd have to put a leg over the fire and that's just (laughs) asking for trouble, right? (laughs) I'm not sure this is, quite frankly, not just for me. I don't think this is for anyone. But steaming is an age-old wellness practice. For the face. For the face and for the whole body. Yes. Well, you know, I just caught up with Succession last night, the episode where they all went to the sauna, 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 and watching all those executives being forced to sit in a steam room, absolutely suffering. But weren't they in Norway or Denmark? It looked absolutely stunning. It was beautiful. But the Indigenous Americans have had something called a sweat lodge, sweat, no, sweat lodge ceremonies from way back in their cultures. But what happened, Michelle, when an American self-help guru called James Arthur Ray held a five-day spiritual warrior seminar near a place called Sedona in Arizona? Sedona, Arizona. That's not the song. (laughs) Sedona kebab. Anyway, Have you heard about this guy, James Arthur Ray? He was a well-known self-help star and he appeared in Rhonda Byrne's The Secret documentary. Plus, 
appearing on Oprah and other daytime TV shows in America. Oh, well, I must know him. Oh, she says. Oh, I must know him. Because I've, I've watched The Secret, so I must know this guy. You probably love him because he's charismatic and convincing and he promised wealth and spiritual enlightenment to all the people that would listen and would hold free talks. Love this one. Free talks in order to enlist people onto his paid seminars such as the one in Sedona, costing up to 10000 American dollars for a five-day retreat where he would push the physical and emotional limits to those in attendance. Cult. Sounds like it, right? Attendees were encouraged to shave their heads, with Ray saying things like, are you hiding behind your hair? Or what does that have to do with your identity? Then they'd be told to meditate in the desert for 36 hours without food and water and engage in exercises that involved role-playing, sleep deprivation, lectures, journal writing, fasting and physical challenges. And by day three, there was a code of silence. You've done a silence retreat before, Michelle. Do you remember that one? Yes, I have. But it wasn't a cult. And everything you're saying, I'm like, cult, 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 tick, tick, tick. What is going on here? Yeah, that's why I've included all those things in this story, because to me, it sounded like a bloody cult as well. What about this, Michelle? After day three and they did the silence, they then played a samurai game with Ray dressed in white in his role as God. That's what he was literally playing. Oh, man. While ordering his black-robed death angels, this was his volunteers and his inner circle, to strike dead anyone who spoke or disobeyed his instructions. That was a game. Fucking hell. Those who were struck dead had to lie still on a cold floor for hours and didn't get any dinner that night. Of course they didn't get any dinner. It's a cult. (laughs) That's what they do. The main event of the retreat was the sweat lodge ritual, which they would symbolically die and be reborn. Hmm. So I'm going to tell you about the time in October 2009 at this five-day retreat in Sedona, Arizona, where more than 50 people attended a sweat lodge ceremony overseen by Ray. James Arthur Ray. Okay. This ceremony was meant to break through whatever was holding them back in life and that it would be, in his words, hellacious. He's made a word up there. And they were guaranteed to feel like they were dying but would do so only metaphorically. He kept recordings of that, which were, as you can imagine, used against him in court. (laughs) He said, these are his words, the true spiritual warrior has conquered death and therefore has no fear or enemies in this lifetime or the next because the greater fear you'll ever experience is the fear of what? Death. You'll have to get to a point where you surrender and it's okay to die. That's what he said before they embarked on this two-hour ceremony, which was described by witnesses as being alarming and chaotic. People were collapsing. They were vomiting. Some had trouble breathing. Others were hallucinating or foaming at the mouth. Some fell unconscious and had to be dragged outside and have CPR performed on them by other attendees. Almost every participant was yelling at some point during this ceremony and Ray wouldn't allow them to leave as their discomfort was growing. There cannot be a good outcome to this. Well, you've guessed it, Michelle. 38-year-old Kirby Brown and James Shaw, who was 40, both died upon arriving at hospital after this. James Shaw, who was a father of three, was actively helping others, and he had carried one woman out of the lodge and then went back in to assist others, but then he was found unconscious next to Kirby Brown, holding her hand as if he was comforting her. Oh, my God. How heartbreaking. That's fucked up. And they paid 10K for this. 10K for this privilege. Another participant called Liz Neumann, who was 49, fell into a coma and died more than a week later in hospitals. Witnesses said Liz, who was a divorced mother of three, quietly toughed it out in the lodge until she passed out. And some believe it was due to the shame that was brought on by previously having Ray give her a right telling off for being with a group of experienced volunteers who had shared snacks and a bottle of wine. And none of those things were allowed on site. So she was breaking rules. He was condemning her and shouted at her in front of everybody. So she was so she was there like, penance. fuck you. I'm going to yeah. show you I'm committed. And she paid the price with her life. Yeah. Fuck. 18 more participants were hospitalized with several others being helped at the scene. One of Ray's oldest friends, Lukachi, went out of his mind <gasps> with dehydration or whatever. He was going mad. And he was like trying to climb out of this tent. He staggered out of the lodge and straight into the pit of hot stones, burning his arm, screaming. It was awful. Volunteers hosed him down, but only for Ray to tell him to get back in there. (gasps) And also that he would carry a permanent reminder of his experience with his arm. Other people who were trying to help others, pulling them out of the sweat lodge, were being told by the volunteers 
leave her alone, it's her experience. All this kind of crap. Yeah, death. She's dying, leave her alone. Fucking hell. This guy is psychotic. Absolutely. And by the time the police arrived, this guy Ray was nowhere to be found. He fled the scene and left Arizona altogether. Has he ever been found? Yes. And he was taken to court. But I just wanted to preempt uh, what I tell you about next by saying that this isn't the first irresponsible act James Arthur Ray was guilty of during one of these retreats. Because in 2006, Ray told people to put the sharp point of an arrow against their necks and lean against it. And one man's shaft of the arrow snapped and the arrow point penetrated his eyebrow, causing significant injury. Oh my God, this guy is dangerous. At another seminar in 2009, Colleen Conaway jumped to her death at a San Diego mall after dressing up as a homeless person in an exercise suggested by Ray. Except she wasn't dressed up. I found out later she refused to do the dressing up. The exercise was something that he had devised where a bunch of people paid lots of money. They'd been following him for months. He said, we all need to get dressed as homeless people. Leave your ID, your phones, etc. Dress in tattered clothes and just wander around the mall to see what it feels like to be free of any stuff. But this woman didn't want to dress as a homeless person. And I think she'd been broken down to the point where she committed suicide in that mall. That happened while Ray was having lunch with his followers And they actually saw her fall. And one of his followers tweeted, oh, I've just seen a woman fall to her death. I pray for her, not realizing she was part of their group. And when they did realize, they started ringing her, burned her diary, all sorts of weird things. Oh, my God. Completely covered up. I don't have much more information about that. It's really, really weird and out there. And they basically just neglected to acknowledge the fact that she was with them. She'd arrived with them and she was part of the group. And maybe because she didn't dress up, she'd been berated once again by Ray. Either way, she lost her life that day and it's fucking tragic. Oh my God, this guy. Stay clear of this guy. Wrapping it up, there was a trial about the sweat lodge in 2011. He was found guilty of three counts of negligent homicide and sentenced to six years in prison, which is two for each victim. And he served the sentence concurrently, which means that he only ended up inside for 20 months. His attorneys, I know it's sad, His attorney said it was a tragic accident. They believe that he took all necessary precautions. But the thing is, he ran away from the site. Plus, he said, I had no idea people were struggling. So that's not very responsible in my view. So when he was seeing people showing signs of distress, he just kept pushing them and pushing them and pushing them. Yeah. And also, too, we have to remember that I don't know this for sure, but in all likelihood, a little bit like what you said, they were probably mentally broken down at this point. So they are following him. They are trusting him. And he's fucking around with them to the point where people are dying. Yeah. Uh, Somebody tried to help one of the women who did actually die and he said, leave her alone. It's not her first time. She knows what she's doing. So I fail to see any responsibility taken. Now he has been released because obviously that was all back in 2011. He only did two years and he's still holding seminars and workshops, Michelle. And there's a CNN films documentary called Enlighten Us, The Rise and Fall of James Arthur Ray, which follows his progress since then. And highlights his narcissism. Yeah, funny. Apparently, although it is very pro him. But I think they don't talk to any of the victims' families. They don't talk to anyone who was there. It's very much about his narcissism. But there is also an Apple podcast called Guru, The Dark Side of Enlightenment, which does go into detail about that event and him generally, I think. Could be very interesting to listen to. I would say it's the rise and fall and rise again of this guy doesn't seem fair he's learned no lessons and that's that guy wow well thank you so much for those stories i'm kind of in shock because you know we've talked before about when people have been mentally broken down they're in a a lost or vulnerable state they're looking for guidance they find this guy well it's very difficult then to prove in court that they haven't done these things of their own free will well they have but we all know about cult behavior thank you so much that's really really interesting Guess what? Did you know aliens are real? The Earth is actually flat and you can have sex with a ghost. Open your eyes, dear! I kind of had a feeling that you might be doing some kind of veggie wellness. So I um, I actually found this facial, which I just will quickly touch on because it's kind of crazy. Oh. And I love a facial. Okay. I don't get them often because they're expensive. But I read about this one facial. Kate Blanchett and Sandra Bullock love this facial and I kind of thought oh there could be something in this because they do use micro needling 
And I love a microneedling. I'm not averse. And I had it many I'll years ago. The first time I had it was, like Geordie said, before the whole microneedling trend became popularized. And I found it was amazing. The second time I had it was with someone who didn't know what they were doing. And they it went really wrong. went wrong. So, you know, be careful. It, basically what it is, they roll your face with this torture device. And it uh, creates damage, which your well, your skin then has to compensate for. It pumps collagen to the surface, apparently. Did you end up with a scabby face? Fuck yeah. It was terrible. It was. <laughs> That's not the look. It was really bad. It creates damage for your body to then react and create collagen. Yeah, I had a shit dermaroller, a shit person doing it, and it fucked my face. So don't fuck around with it. I bought one from TK Maxx, but I've never, ever used it because I don't think you should do it at home. It's a bit like removing your own IUD. Don't do it. Unless it's an actual proper one made with surgical stainless steel. It's meant to have a certain amount of needles. They have to be super sharp because if you use the titanium ones, they actually don't put a clean hole. They tear the skin. And you don't know this. You don't know this unless you microscopically look at it. So you need to be really careful with this shit. Back to this facial. Kate and Sandra love it. It's called the penis facial. (laughs) (laughs) Nana would say no to that. Nana would be like, you get that penis away from my face. So, uh, And I thought actually it was a facial for penises, you know, give it a good cleanse, rub in the cream, give it a massage. That wouldn't be a called a facial though would it yeah that's called a hand job (laughs) (laughs) it's not a facial for the ding dong what it is it's a a facial that uses special epidermal growth factors cultivated from the foreskins of korean babies what the i know fuck i'm beside myself no i've got moral and ethical issues going on here well look these these foreskins of Kate, I'm horrified. (laughs) Kate and Sandy, what are you doing? Sandy, stop that. Well, look, it's full of uh, stem cells and it's meant to like brighten and tighten, you know, baggy skins, whatever. There's a facialist called Georgia Louise. She's created this, you know, this serum-y stuff. What's her name? Georgia Louise. Oh, okay. I thought it was my facialist for a minute there, but it's not. She's in LA, love. She's in LA. She's not not in the mummy zone of London where you are, where all the wonderful mummies have all these wonderful treatments. She's come up with this serum-y thing. I don't know. She sources the cells from cream babies because... I, I hate that. I hate that. Leave those babies alone. Well... There's just loads of them going spare. Loads of babies. Loads of these foreskins because, you know, in Korea they, you know, they do this kind of foreskin circumcision. So it's kind of zero waste. I get it. Fuck. I don't. She's using them for a fountain of youth. And then she pumps pumps all this stuff into the skin during the microneedling part of the facial. Apparently it's amazing. Makes your face look really young. At what cost? Well, you're going to hell, Kate Blanchett. These foreskins are just going spare. They're just hanging oh, around. God. So they it's zero waste. And Sandra Bullock went on the Ellen DeGeneres show and she was talking about this penis facial to keep her looking all young and lovely. I'd never admit to that. And she said, when you see how good this is to your face, you're going to run to your facialist and say, give me the penis. It's 500 pounds for this facial. It's a lot. Yeah. Apparently it does smell a bit like sperm. Oh. So I'm not sure I would want this, but Kate and Sandy love it. So oh, there you go. I'm so upset. Are you listening to me? Why are you crying? Oh, dropping dropping trolley. Oh. Murdered. But look, what I really wanted to talk about today yeah. is something that I'm, I say passionate about. Not so much passionate, but I became aware of this when I was working with this beauty company recently. And we launched this new skincare product they use this thing called Active NAD Plus in this skincare to rejuvenate. That's not more gonads, is it? G-O-N-A-D Plus. <laughs> oh, my God. No. I hope not. No more penis and gonads, thanks. No penis in NAD. It's not your nads. I know this is all jargon because no one knows what NAD is. But uh, what it is is basically a coenzyme that's found in all living cells. It's the key to all the functions in our body. And, look, this is going to get quite science from here on in. So I'm super into this. NAD is amazing for your body because it's this whole other thing. And it's why what's going on with this beauty brand is really revolutionary because it's all about longevity science. Before I got involved with this brand, I had no idea what longevity science even was. But the more I looked into it, the more I realized that 
health and wellness longevity is the key to not only how we age, but how we should live. And there's this scientist who is at the forefront of all of this longevity science. He's kind of the poster boy for this movement. His name's David Sinclair. He's in his 50s. You know, he looks super young because he's all up in this longevity science. He's actually Australian, Australian American. I know an Australian Dave Sinclair. Is he a biologist? He's married to a friend of ours. I don't think it's the same Dave. Sorry, I'm just going to put it. It's not the same Dave. (laughs) This guy, he's a biologist and academic who is a professor of genetics at Harvard Medical School. Uh, He's also the co-director of Harvard's Paul F. Glenn Center for Biology and Aging Research. I got most of my information today from a TED talk that he gave on the science of longevity earlier this year, where basically he says that aging, it's a disease, not an inevitability. And that this science that he's working on holds the key to literally turning back our biological clock as humans. Turn back down. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is she saying? Sure. Thank you, sure. And look, he's got this book called Lifespan, Why We Age and Why We Don't Have To. Massive New York Times bestseller. Full disclosure, I've not read it. I want to. He's all about supplements and intermittent fasting, cardio to help us reduce our biological age. Five years ago, he came out and said he thinks that the first person that will live to be 150 years old has already been born. Ooh, that's old. Yep. Could be you, Geordie. Could be me. Probably more likely your kids. He says that when he was at college, he had this thought that aging is this thing that happens to everyone and it's responsible for 90% of all the sickness and suffering in the world. But no one's doing anything about it because you go to your doctor and you say, i got a sore back. I've got arthritis pain, I've got joint pain, my eyes are bad, whatever. And the doctor's like, that's normal, you're just getting old. So he thought, that's not right. You know, science is fighting against cancer and heart disease and Alzheimer's and all these things. Why don't we look at aging as a disease and fight aging? He thinks that we should look at aging as a medical condition, not just as something that happens to us. He has this whole new theory of aging that in many ways kind of turns science on its head and everything we know about aging. And he says, as one instance of this, he looks at antioxidants and the whole science of antioxidants mopping up free radicals as a cure to aging. Is it true? No, he says bullshit. He says tests have shown that antioxidants are really unsuccessful at lengthening the lifespan of anything, not even a worm, because... There's just so much more going on when it comes to aging than free radical damage. Okay. He says the key to stopping or even reversing, and yet put a pin in that word because he's actually talking about reversing aging. Wow. He thinks the key is tapping into our body's natural defenses against aging. And apparently we all have three main sets of defenses. One is called MTOR, which responds to fasting. Another is called AMPK, which responds to when the body has a lack of sugar, which basically means we all want to keep our blood sugar levels as low as we possibly can without obviously fainting. Okay. That's good by chocolate then. Yeah, bye-bye chalky. And then there's a group of genes that David Sinclair is quite famous for studying, which are called sirtuins. And they respond to exercise. I know them. Really? I've heard sirtuins, yeah. Okay, you probably have. There's a diet. Really? Yes. It's called the HS something diet. Well, and it's send me a link because I'll put it in the show notes because this stuff is really fascinating. And he's at the forefront of all these Sirtuin research, all this research stuff he's on about. This is the science bit, people. You know, I'm not a scientist. I'm terrible at this stuff, but I'm really interested in it. These Sirtuins, they respond to exercise, fasting, and the stress, but in a good way, a good stress on the body from low sugar. Maybe it's called the CERT diet, S-I-R-T. I think it's called that. He says that this group of genes and the proteins that these genes make can sense the environment around us. And what that means is when our body senses things like stuff that could stress or threaten us, these genes fight harder to keep our body safe and protected and healthier, 
which he says means a longer life. And you can even activate these genes late in life by fasting, exercising and reducing sugar. Simple things that we can all do. It's mainly cardio exercise actually. And he says the way these sirtuins help us live longer is by controlling what we call the epigenome. Now, I didn't really understand what an epigenome was, but David Sinclair explained it in a really easy way. So think of it like this. We all have DNA and DNA is digital information. It's there kind of for good. But the epigenome is mostly analog. And then he made this analogy using CDs as an example. And Geordie, I don't know if I need to explain what a CD is for all those baby eavesdroppers out there who just think that, you know, their parents put it on trees to ward off birds. It's a compact disc, isn't it? Compact. Is it compact disc? Yes. What you used to listen to music on after records before Spotify. Pretty much. They had 15, 20 songs on them. They were revolutionary at the time. I loved them. I loved making my own mixes on there. And now I do playlists on Spotify. Same, same. But circling back to the ageing analogy, DNA is the digital information on the CD and that's your genome. That's the digital information. The epigenome is the reader. So anyone who lived through the CD era, we all know that CDs, they got scratched. And that's true for your epigenome as well. And that's you aging, is it, when it gets scratched? Yeah. Copying epigenetic information doesn't really work very well. To give you a little mini dive into what the epigenome is, it's the structures that wrap around the DNA. And the epigenome says, this gene, this is gene A, and it should be turned on in a brain cell, but it should be turned off in a liver cell. And then this is a gene B. This should be turned off in a skin cell, but it should be on in a kidney cell. That's the epigenome. And if you look at it like a CD, what David Sinclair believes is that what's causing aging is the skipping of songs because there's a skipping of the reader, which means the information about which genes should be on or off in particular cells, it's getting all messed up and skipping forward and backwards because there are scratches on that CD. So aging, right. you're right, it's basically the scratches on a CD that makes the music skip and eventually sells by reading the wrong genes, skipping the wrong genes, telling the wrong genes to be turned on and off in different places, and they lose their ability to fight against disease and they lose their function, which is why we end up with dementia, heart disease, cancer, oh we God. get frail, we, don't want we age. Yeah. So David Sinclair came up with this thing that he calls information theory of aging, and his premise is... Do these epigenetic changes cause aging? Are the scratches causing us to age? And if it's true, is it possible to polish out the scratches in the CD and reset ourselves to being young? Is there a backup copy of the epigenome inside us? And look, of course, it's not that simple because there are all other things involved like chemicals called methyls that are carbons oh. with three hydrogen bits, which can modify DNA. And cells add them as we're developing in the womb. And they also dictate what cells do what function. So these methyls might say, okay, that cell has come from that stem cell and it should be a neuron for the next 80, 90, 100 years, whatever, in the brain. And this one should be a skin cell. So these methyls, they do this for 26 billion cells inside us. So even though the cells have the same set of instructions encoded in the DNA, methyls, which are also called marks, they help them have different functions in the body. And in 2013, there was a scientist called Stephen Horvath, and he and his colleagues discovered that by reading the changes over time of these DNA methylation marks on the DNA, you can estimate someone's biological age. So David Sinclair's team, they say they can take a blood sample or a skin sample or basically a sample from any part of our bodies, run it through a DNA sequencer to measure the methylation marks and then put that through an algorithm and he can tell you your real age, not your chronological wow. age, not how, because he does yeah. not give a shit about birthdays. He's like birthdays mean fuck all. Do me, do me. Yeah. What really matters is your real age. And the changes in your epigenome, because that is what determines how old you really are. So his whole thing 
is if we scratch that CD slash epigeno and if his information theory of aging is right, we get accelerated aging. If you've scratched your CD epigenome, yeah. you could be 40, but you're biologically 50. But if you're fasting and low sugar and exercising, you could be 40, but biologically you're 30. It's really, really interesting. Full disclosure here, this is not nice. David Sinclair is doing a lot of animal testing on mice. Yeah to prove his theories. He's not ashamed of it because oh. I saw some of the mice he's done these experiments on. And what happened to them? Well, you know, one looks really young and one looks really old. And look, I do have really mixed oh. feelings about animal testing. That's for another podcast. I'm not going to get into it, but this guy's a mouse tester. Moving to one side, because I want to talk about the experiments his team did. They did this one where they took two mice who were born, you know, at the same time from the same mouse mummy, you know, in the same litter. And with one mouse, they tweaked its epigenome in positive ways, low sugar, fasting, all that other stuff. The other one, they tweaked its epigenome in ways that scratched the CD. And, you know, they disrupted its epigenome. And they found that the cells in that mouse started to lose their identity. But the mouse didn't feel it. What? You know, it's like getting an x-ray, he reckons. You don't feel it, but it does stuff to you. And what happened 10 months later is they got an old mouse. It sped it up. Yeah. They're scratching that little epigenome CD in that mouse and he got old. And it's not just that the mouse looked old because it did. It was grey. It had fur falling out. It looked really old. The mouse is genetically 50% older than its sibling. Even though these two were genetically the same, one's old, one's not. And the conclusion from all that is... If this science can drive aging as fast as we want forwards, can it also go backwards? And if he's right, the answer is yes. Wow. If you can accelerate aging by scratching that CD, you can reverse it by polishing it. And he says he's got drugs in development right now that can do that. And there are more coming. I don't know about that. I don't like the idea of that because... If it's going to keep us living so long, just think about the overpopulation we've already experienced on this planet. The food sources aren't going to be able to keep up. The world is just not going to be able to manage. It's a disaster. Just like they were talking this morning about the AI guys, you know, the AI connecting to each other and being more intelligent than the humans. And then we've got basically the matrix happening. We're just a science fiction horror film waiting to happen. Well, we're not in any position to stop it. This shit is happening. AI is happening. These drugs to make people live till they're 150 and take the scratches away from the CD, they're happening, you know. He did this experiment in 2018 where he had these two mice, again, both from the same litter, both at two years of age. He gave one mouse drinking water with sirtuins in it with a molecule called NMN, which stands for nicotinamide mononucleotide. And the other one didn't get the water with the NMN in it. This one mouse looked really young, glossy coat, super speedy. The other one had all patchy fur, looked old, was slow. And again, you know, it was like watching a teenager and a granny. He made that mouse young through sirtuins. And he says, yes, science now has the ability to reset the age of an entire animal. And he thinks this will one day lead science to being able to reset the entire age of humans. That's crazed. There was a guy, a Japanese guy called Shinya Yamanaka, who won the Nobel Prize in 2016. He discovered this set of embryonic genes that could take an adult skin cell from any person and turn it into a pluripotent stem cell that could be made into any other type of tissue. And anyone can do this in a lab, even high school students. What David Sinclair found is that if you focus on a specific subset of genes, you can take the age of the body of a mouse backwards. Literally, as you said before with sure, turn back time. Turn back time. The scratches on that epigenome went away and new nerves grew back. And he's done experiments on human tissue in the lab where he created little human 
pluripotent stem cells that have been engineered into little mini brains in a Petri dish. Mm. And what he has done is that using his theory with sirtuins and the epigenome, he reset the age of those little brains and proved that they got their ability to think again. They got it back, which possibly, Geordie, means that we are on the brink. Of curing menopause. And I say we, science is on the brink of one day being able to reverse the age of the brain so people can get their memory back. Wow. And if that's actually possible. Goodbye dementia. Yeah. And he's proved that it's possible in old mice. They have got back their ability to learn again. And in the future, what he's saying is we can reverse body aging, heart aging, as well as brain aging. And look, maybe not in our lifetime, but in the future – this is where we're headed. And maybe that baby who's already been born and who's going to live to be 150, yeah. maybe they're going to witness that. But this is really exciting, crazy, weird, scary, terrifying shit. Terrifying, definitely, yes. And that's where the future of longevity science is going. Interesting, Michelle. Thank you. You're very passionate about that subject. I am because I think this stuff is going on in labs. We have no ability to halt stop it give it the green light have any kind of opinion on it because it's happening and like you say you know these mice are the experiments now but now they're doing it with little tiny human cells in a petri dish creating little mini brains with electrical activity that potentially will be able to be one step beyond ai this is not going to be artificial intelligence it is intelligence. It's a bit like a Black Mirror episode, isn't it? It is. And we're thinking, oh, we're going to look young and have our memory back. There's a lot more to a it. A lot more. And there's a lot of social, moral, ethical conundrums that come with that too. So go away, listeners. Think about that. Michelle, <laughs> you too. You go away and have a little think about how bad it could get. Don't just think about the great side of it, but I do think that it will be some kind of knock-on, negative knock-on effect of continuing to age or slowing down your age or even reversing your age what happens to you and then we live longer yeah and there's more people being born all the time it's the natural order of things i just believe in it being organic well that's the thing we will live longer we will live healthier will the resources on this planet be able to keep up they already can't keep up you know they're engineering meat in test tubes so people can be fed I don't know. It does blow my mind a little bit and I need to think about it more. But people, if you have ideas, thoughts about this, get in touch. Write to us. Start a debate (laughs) over on the Facebook page. Put a poll on on a story, on Instagram, on your socials, on your TikToks. All of that. We we want to know. All of it. (laughs) Michelle will provide the links in which to, to do that. Yes, I will. I'll put all the links. That's uh, it's the end of my story. You're done. And- done for today. But Michelle, potentially you could be telling people more stories for the next 75 years. Wouldn't you love that, eavesdroppers? Wouldn't you love it? <laughs> There's no end yep. to Michelle and her stories. I tell you what, there is an end to this podcast. Not forever, though. Just for this week. Only one thing left to say. And what did we have to say? Well, wherever you are. And whatever you do. Just, just keep. Keep. Eavesdropping. 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 Eaves